welcome to today's podcast. Um, you know, Wednesdays, and in fact, now we're going to try to round up some more, uh, some more guests on Thursdays as well. Usually Wednesdays, we have a guest. We were going to have two today. Didn't quite work out, but you should definitely continue to show balance. All the love that you have over the years. They've been around since 2010, and you're a big balance fan. Uh, the downtown location has not been open because of all... First, it was COVID stuff, and then it was construction stuff. But um, please continue to show lots of love to Balance, Perrysburg location. Also, the one in... We call that Toledo or Sylvania, at the corner of Holland, Sylvania, and Central. Um, welcome to the podcast edition of the show. Once I couldn't connect with those guys, I was wondering, do we do this today? But yeah, there's a couple of things to get to. Um, a person who... Gives me hope if I ever have like a severe, a severe health crisis. I have a theory about a concert that's happening um, called the End of Summer or uh, in September. But a couple of other things, as Grand Rapids is like Grand Rapids, Ohio is likely going to be national news because it's not often you see a semi through a house, at least. Not in a rural area. I mean, we've all seen cars pop curbs and wind up in somebody's living room in residential areas or city areas. It's not a far... But this is a semi. Like, this looks like something from a Michael Bay movie. And it happened this morning. So... Uh, Russ, who is the program director of my station Q105 and WXKR, also on the air on Q105 at night, he lives in Grand Rapids. So when I saw this story this morning, I wondered what he knew about it. And he called me as I was headed to work and now let me pass along the things that he on the ground felt and saw because Grand Rapids, small town. I asked him, like, this had to feel like an earthquake because this is the semi going, what, 60 some miles an hour. He said uh, it banged off some cars and even went over some railroad tracks and then went into the home. I believe he said the dad was awake upstairs and the kids were not awake. And thankfully, the whole family in that home is safe. And I'm recording this right now at 2.05. Some details might change, but Russ and I spoke about an hour or so ago. And I wanted to pass along some of these things because some things he knew from being a couple of houses away are different from... What I read on our news sites, for instance, I saw, I, I, I believe the story said that the driver of the vehicle who was on the run had died or drowned when he ran to some pond. So what Russ has passed along to me is, again, looks like the family's okay. The house is obviously destroyed. A semi went through it at 60-some miles an hour, which is almost twice the speed limit for that tiny little road. Russ said um, the, the driver... Um, hit at the house and then was about to be tended to by paramedics and was bloodied, but then ran. And whenever he got to the pond, he bled out. So according to Russ, he did not drown or die from being in the water. He just bled out. Who knows if his life could have been saved, but it brings up some, at least at this time, I asked Russ, um, is this a local guy? Um, and Apparently there was nothing in the cab, maybe some some beers or, or in the uh, in the trailer uh, of the semi because that was a concern. He said, Homeland Security, FBI, every agency on earth was there for the obvious reasons. 
It's not often you would think that there is uh, some kind of terrorist attack, domestic or international, um, in a in a rural area like like Grand Rapids. Usually in a bigger city where that person can cause more damage, but they got to check things out. And if I'm not mistaken, within the last day or so, I believe the bomb squad detonated something in Napoleon that wasn't a bomb, but it was a suspicious suspicious object that called for the bomb squad. And with that happening. Um, Within hours, basically, of this, yeah, I could see why, you know, the important agencies that protect us from things that we'll never know about showed up in Grand Rapids, Ohio. Because you got to be concerned that this could have been some kind of attack of some kind and that that cab or that the trailer is filled with something horrific. And again, not to go back to the cinematic movie angle of things, but who knows what could have been in there. So the family's okay. The driver ran off. And and I think Russ said he didn't know if the guy was local. And they'll have to do some kind of uh, autopsy or toxicology report because it's strange that somebody would do that. Um, Why did this person, how did this person wind up so far off the road and land in a house? And that's question one. Then question two is, why did this person run? I can't imagine... Well, I don't even want to speculate. Um, it could be something like the script of a of a of a thrilling movie, or it could be somebody who had some really serious problems. But the good thing is that, um, as of, as of what he told me an hour ago, the family is all good. So Grand Rapids will be all over the news in the news cycle for the next day or so because it is, it is quite a sight to see a semi in a house. Um, here's here I will theorize a little bit, and it's not often that we do. Hollywood stuff or it catches my eye, but I, I came across a story today on people.com. It's about Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton getting married. I guess they've had to postpone it regularly because of COVID. Makes total sense in the world. By the way, I guess good for them, for co-workers, not that they're nine to fivers in the traditional sense, but I'm sure they have some long days. It's not always great to date someone you work with. That can be problematic. And I know Blake Shelton has a bit of a past with his relationships, more so a little more checkered than Gwen Stefani, who just was with Gavin Rossdale from Bush for a long time, and it just didn't work out. Uh, she's 51 years old, by the way, and doesn't she looks half that, half that. Like, maybe we're just seeing airbrushed Photoshop pictures, but she doesn't look like age has hit her at all. So they're, uh, they're, they're going to get married, and probably between, they're supposed to get married over the summer. Her show is here, here is uh, what, early September, September 3rd or so. So it would make sense that she will be a married woman when she performs at the Promenade Summer Concert Series, at the Prometica Summer Concert Series for the Solheim Cup. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect is I've got to believe she doesn't have any other performances as tours are not quite announced, ramped up, ready to go, at least not in the next, you know, not in the coming eight weeks or so. Is it eight weeks? About 10 weeks, I guess, till her show here. Um, I'm guessing that this will be one of her first shows, maybe her biggest show or, or live performance for fans, thousands of fans. Tickets are still available, by the way. This, this will be her first one in a long time. I'm going to guess that her family, her kids, her her new husband will want to be, be in attendance. So I'm guessing this will be a Stefani Shelton family affair in Toledo. Now, maybe they'll just keep to themselves, but I would not be surprised if um, 
somebody snaps pictures of the family eating at Brimhouse, or maybe they went somewhere in Perrysburg. Maybe they went try they, they wanted to get off the beaten path and they went to the benchmark at Levis. So I would not be surprised. I'd make a small bet that this will be a family outing for the Stefani family. Um, he is Toledo family, and we're gonna talk about him a lot more. Got a kind of high profile job. Um the second most famous bald Toledoan. No, he's probably the, the most famous bald Toledoan. Um, Bruce Gradkowski, uh, the former UT star, was in the NFL for a long time, and I used to come across some of his things. He, over the last couple of years, I've seen him doing a lot of analyst work for, I think, a website. It might be Pro Football Focus, like a, a football analysis website. And I've seen these tweets. People would retweet them, and I, I didn't follow, but I'd see them often, and he would be diagramming plays, explaining what's happening, why is this person in this position, and he was really good at it. So it makes sense that he will be a very good coach or at least have the ability, watching what I did with him, explain plays in the game of football, um, as he's the new interim head head football coach at St. Francis. Their most recent head coach who brought them some success went to a college I've never heard of, Wingate University, but... uh, Good luck to him. Bruce Gradkowski is uh, now going to be the interim head coach for St. Francis. And it's interim because I guess this is a last-minute hire as football camp is not that far off. And I love how this is working. Both he and the school said, it's interim because we'll see if we like it. As I was just explaining to uh, a friend who's been on this podcast before, I had taken the idea from a podcast of a former NBA executive. Uh, he was on a business podcast. His name is Sam Hinky, And he introduced to me the idea of, before you take a job, before you offer a job, see if there's not a way where you can't work on a project with someone. Um, hey, and I know you can't always do that. It's like you either have to take the job or decline the job in both directions. But he pitched the idea of, do a test run. Go on a date, so to speak. You know, if there's a if there's a firm or a company, hire this person. And don't make them work for free, but whatever it is. Let's say we're going to pay you $500 to work on this project with us as an analyst, a consultant, an advisor, and you're going to be a part of the project. And this way, we can see how we work together. I love that idea. Um, and that seemingly is what happening. what's happening with St. Francis and Bruce Gretkowski, who after I was doing the radio break on the air or doing the break about that story on the air was like, he and I have some some pretty strong similarities. Uh, granted, there's a couple, and then after that, they diverge very quickly and in great distance. Uh, he is not from Toledo. He is a native from Pennsylvania. I think he's from the Pittsburgh area. We are both from large cities in Pennsylvania. Me, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh. Uh, both bald. He has a better smile than I have and a much better skin complexion. But we have that, right? Uh, and I think also bald at a young age because I think he had that hairstyle when he was in college as a star at UT in the early 2000s. And then the last thing is um, he uh, was here, went on to his, his professional career. But as he did, he made, like me, Toledo his home. Um, his wife is from here, so we'll check those. That originally from big cities in Pennsylvania, but now we call ourselves, we call Toledo home. And his home for his professional career now will be will at least be St. Francis. And whatever website or entity he was working for, it's a it's a big loss. Maybe he'll still do it on the side because he was really good at, at explaining football. 
Um, for people like me who have never played the game, but also for people who have played the game, and he could speak to both of those audiences. That's why I think he'll wind up probably being a pretty darn good football coach for high school. Um, what else can we get to here? Uh, for the first time ever, I've watched a show that comes out. I watched the show that was released sometime in the middle of the night. Didn't wait till Friday night or in the evening to watch it. I watched Loki this morning, and I love it. It's so good. I've never been an Owen Wilson fan, but his snark and pithy sense of humor fits perfectly with that of the character that Tom Hiddleston is playing. And what's it? What's the right word I can use for Tom Hiddleston and him playing Loki? I would. I'll call it charming, but charming. Charming would maybe appeal to someone who might be more physically attracted to him. Like, I have a lot of female friends who love him and that character, but don't like anything else in Marvel. They're just like, I know Loki. He's Tom Hiddleston. Um, How about this? He's magnetic and appealing. There's a James Bond quality about him. Um, and he plays that character so perfectly. So I'm glad that he and Marvel and Disney have have done this show. And it's explaining where that whole universe literally is and the other ones are going forward. There's a reveal at the end that you might have to do some reading up on. I'm not going to spoil it here. But it is, it is. And more than anything, maybe the thing I like on a very black and white general level about it is I didn't like the short versions of WandaVision. I know we got more of them but I didn't like 32 minute shows. Same thing with Mandalorian. I was always excited when there was a longer episode. And the first two Loki uh, shows like Falcon and Winter Soldier have all been like 50 some minutes. What else? Uh, some quick things. Perrysburg has officially announced they'll be doing their fires, fireworks as always with Mall Me. Um, and we will have big fireworks and back-to-back nights. Toledo is July 2nd. Perrysburg Mall Me over the water is on July 3rd. The rain night is on the 4th. Um, what else? Christy Kopanis from WTOL. She is really, really good at her job. She is one of their sports reporters. Works closely with uh, Frenemy Jordan Strack. And the algorithm wasn't allowing me to see any of these, but I did see the preview of the Blade story last night that Christy had a 27-pound cyst removed from her. I'm like, what? So I immediately went to her tweets, and I was like, the algorithm, maybe I wasn't engaging with her enough or retweeting her stuff, so I didn't see this. And if you didn't see the hospital gown that she was in and posting from, she posted pictures you might not have guessed that I'm guessing her life was in jeopardy or how serious this was because all she was posting about was playoff baseball games over the weekend that she was really excited about. But the story goes like this. I guess sometime on Thursday, her leg turned purple and got really big and she had a CT scan and was immediately admitted to the hospital and then boom, a 27-pound cyst and I think one of her ovaries was removed and she seems in good spirits and I will say this. um, If I ever have some kind of health issue that is in between my ears, I hope I can approach it with the same jovial, joking, humorous nature that Christy has. Like I said, from the outset of this, from her tweets, there was nothing of like, I didn't see any pray for me. It was, got baseball games to cover this weekend. So I'm glad she's doing well. And uh, she did make a quick crack that reminded me of something I think Kim Kardashian did years ago 
And I got what Kim was going for. And this this is one of the cases where I would defend her. So Christy lost a lot of weight recently, like 50 or 60 pounds. And she's like, so I can add 27 more pounds to my weight loss journey. Kim Kardashian, four, five, six, seven years ago, um, she was sick, like your common cold or flu, and it took her appetite away. So she's like, oh, this is great, you know, not eating for a couple of days, I'll lose a couple of pounds, lose that flu weight or whatever. You know, it's one of the things we can tell ourselves, like when I get over this awful cold, I'm going to be down three pounds. And people went after her for weight shaming, and that's not the way to go about it. And that's kind of like a an eating disorder kind of thing. Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Um, same thing with Christy. And I don't think anybody will come after her for that. Like, that's a really crazy way to think about weight loss. Stop. You know what? We would all love to cut away a pound of flesh, sometimes literally, or several pounds of flesh to lose a couple of pounds. I'm going to guess that there's not a person listening right now who would not... Um, love to lose three to five pounds like that and maybe even suffer, you know, COVID-type flu symptoms for a couple of days. Not that, again, that's a healthy way to lose weight. Not eating, that is. But we would all like to lose a little bit of weight. And I just loved her demeanor going through this uh, this medical battle that she had. Um, gas prices are higher than they've been in Michigan since 2014. And I, I love when people are like, I've never seen prices like this before. Actually, so 2014 was the last time gas prices were whatever they are in Michigan, 315, 320. A couple weeks ago when people were complaining gas prices are $3, it was 2018, 2017 and 2018 and gas prices were like 280 something, 290 something. So this is not like when I was a kid and, and when I started driving and I was like, "Dad, I can't believe gas is at 110." Cuz when I was a kid, and hoping to drive, it was like 89 cents a gallon. Um, and I do remember a time in the mid-2000s, like in the afterglow of 9-11, gas was very expensive. I remember one time specifically, it was like 2004 or five. something happened, and this is long before social media, where there was kind of a gas panic, and I was going to a Coldplay show at DTE, and I heard something or somebody called me and I'm like, shit, I got to get gas because if we leave the show and we get stuck leaving the show and I run out of gas. So I, I, I remember that was my gas panic. But I, and, I, and I'm pretty sure within the last 10 to 15 years, gas has been like 350 something in and around this area. But Michigan people are uh, driving over the border coming here, temperance people, Bedford, all those, all that stuff, Lambertville, Monroe, wherever, um, getting their gas here because it's 15 cents cheaper. And I get that. I just hope those people are taking advantage of our cheaper gas prices in Ohio are never people who said, Ohio sucks, probably because they hate the Buckeyes and love Michigan. Because in that case, we should charge you uh, the 15 cents you're saving and then 15 on top of that because you have talked shit about Ohio and now all of a sudden you're coming for our gas, which our Ohio residents should be able to take advantage of before you save money on gas. That does let me share a story from when I was a kid. uh, Two different stories of saving money with gas. My dad... So when I was a little boy, same time when I was like leading up to driving 12, 13, whatever... My dad, if he were in the if he were in the neighborhood, would drive to New Jersey, the state over, which was 15 minutes, depending on where you were in Philadelphia, from where I lived or where my dad worked. Gas was drastically cheaper in 
New Jersey than in Philadelphia. Like sometimes between 20 and 30 cents cheaper. And if you have any knowledge of gas in New Jersey, not only were you saving 20 to 30 cents, but somebody pumped it for you. In fact, to this day, I believe in New Jersey and Oregon, the state and Oregon, Oregon, you are not allowed, I know in New Jersey, you cannot pump your own gas. An attendant will do it for you. You're like, hey, what 10 on blank. So it's a different experience. And I don't think the gas savings are as much as they used to be when I was a kid, like 20 to 30 cents as they are now. It might be 10 or 12 or 15. It's not what it was. Like my dad would at times drive out of his way or be like, before we go to a Phillies game, we're going to hop over to Jersey, which was kind of out of the way, and fill up on gas. So bad, uh, bad savings, bad math in some cases. It was often that, I think, with my beloved mom, she had some neurotic things about her, a lot with food shopping, and that's where I learned my skillfulness in a supermarket. But one thing I could do the math on in my head, I was like, even when I was a kid, I was like, I think we're actually spending, mom, I don't think we're saving money, but when you're a kid, your mom doesn't want to, your parents don't want to hear that. So my mom would always be on the lookout um, for gas stations on her route, whether it's work, social, uh, running errands with me and Paul, my brother. And she would note in her head, oh, gas there is three cents cheaper. Just like the same way it is here. Like um, when I go to the Circle K at Burnin Airport, it's probably less expensive than when I go to the Kroger on airport at Spring Meadows. Gas prices are not the same. We know this. But my mom would think it's four cents cheaper at that shell rather than at the gas station at ShopRite. If I drive there, I'll save blankety blank. Oh, my God. And I was like, Mom, but you're dr- you're driving to save money. And on that drive, it's costing you gas, which costs money. My mom wasn't having having any of it, though. And she might have actually been spending more, definitely not saving, to drive to a specific location to get gas because she would save a couple of cents. To Jersey, it made sense. It's 15, 25 cents, but when it's five. So think about this. If you have a... 12 gallon tank and I know it pro- it means more the bigger your tank is but I think most of us probably have like what a 12 to 15 gallon tank sorry I don't know cars if you fill up you have 12 gallon tank 12 times I'll we'll say five cents you're saving five six tell me if I'm wrong here does that mean you save 60 12 gallons saving five cents yeah so 60 cents you save 60 cents if five cents a gallon so i don't know i'm the kind of person and i'm not even like a ride it to e person um sometimes i'll here's here's the type of gas person i am i don't always ride it to e i don't look for cheap gas i know some gas stations are usually more expensive than others and i'll avoid them if i can but if i'm there i'll get it um sometimes i fill it up halfway sometimes i fill it up three quarters of the way sometimes i'll fill it up all the way it depends on my patience while i'm filling up the gas uh, while i'm filling up the tank and i've always had this theory that yeah there's the kroger points but isn't kroger always a little bit more expensive so if you're getting three cents off a gallon but they're always a cent or two more than where you could normally go you're not really saving much 
So I think that is it for today. Like I said, we'll try to catch up with friends from Balance in the near future. Please continue to patronize them. They have incredible food, and they've been copied, and uh, they were part of the bowl revolution because everywhere now, here, uh, you know, let me give you two unpopular opinions, one food, one music. I think tacos, even the soft kind, are stupid. Um... I made tacos for Amanda and I a couple of Fridays ago, and we got hard tacos. They weren't they weren't very flavor. The taco shells were not flavorful. But what happens when you bite into a hard taco? It fucking breaks. So you might as well just start with a taco, even if it's a soft taco in a bowl. I ate the leftovers, which I never do, of what I made for Amanda and I that night on Sunday with some broken taco uh, shells in there. It was better than eating the taco itself. Also, so I don't love all the big throwback songs that you do like you do. They're fine. Mark Morrison, Return to the Mac is fine. Um, California Love, fine. Some other ones, but California Love is the center of this. Uh, I believe today Tupac would have been 50 or is somewhere 50. Wink. Um, I wanted to dig up songs that I liked better than California Love. And my and, and this is an unpopular opinion, and but maybe you'll share it. And I'll throw one song out. You're like, I forgot about that one. I love it. And maybe we just get burned out on hearing the same massive throwback songs over and over. And I know our station is guilty of that, but that's radio science for another day. Um, the three songs I definitely like more than California, more than your beloved California Love are... How do you want it? Featuring Casey and JoJo, Tupac had a lot of a lot of good features. How do you want it with Casey and JoJo? Um, keep your head up, which is such a positive song, and I don't know who the feature is there. And then in 1998, 99, when there was not many, it was a very uh, music was very pop rock driven on the top 40 charts. A, a Tupac song was a big hit. Sampled, uh, was it Steve Winwood something or other? Or Bruce Hornsby? Tupac's Changes. I like that one. I like those three better than California Love. And we're going to leave it with there for now. Thank you for finding the podcast. We'll have a, a, a former community member as a guest tomorrow. A really bright guy who got me involved in um, a rabbit costume a couple of years ago. But that's on tomorrow's podcast. Thanks for being here.